All right. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Middle East Forum's webinar and podcast series, Israel Insider, this week with Naved Dromi. I'm Stacey Roman, and I will be moderating this discussion today. We are pleased to have Naved Dromi, Director of MEF's Israel Victory Project, join us this week to update us on all the events going on in Israel. Naved will be giving us a briefing on current Israeli affairs for 15 minutes, then open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. Now, with no further ado, I will turn the discussion over to Navet Dromi. Thank you, Stacey. Thank you for having me here tonight. Um, as you all know, Israel is in elections again, the fifth elections in two years. Um, and I want to focus today on the two camps, two political camps in Israel, and also to speak a little about how surveys are playing a huge role in the decisions of, uh, of politicians. I'll begin with the camps, right and left in Israel. Um, currently, I mean, as we speak today, it seems like the left is much more organized than the right-wing camp, and I give it, and I will give it three examples. The first example is that the right-wing camp is currently dealing with the inner elections inside two of the biggest parties in the right-wing camp. The first one is the Likud, which only next week will vote about the list of people in its list. Uh, all the candidates in the Likud, all the Knesset members who want to be re-elected are dealing these days mainly with their efforts to be re-elected again next week by the people who are assigned in the Likud. And you can see, for example, how they're invested in it by the fact that they are barely, um, barely reacting or answering to some of the actual political storms that happening these days. So we have the inner elections in the Likud. We also have elections in a party called Atsiruta Datit by Betzalel Smotrich and Itamar Ben-Gvir, who is his partner. Until one month ago, these people were in the same party, partners of each other. And since they split because each one wanted to strengthen himself or to gain more strength, they are fighting each other. They are trying to gain um, more support, more supporters, and they are fighting on how the joint list is going to look like. So instead of dealing with uh, how the how the right wing camp will behave in these elections, they are fighting between themselves. So we have the inner elections in the right wing camp that making it um, be more behind than the left wing camp. Another thing is the leader of the camp. Uh, in the left-wing camp, it's very clear to all the political um, players that Yair Lapid is the leader of the camp. Uh, Zeava Galon, who is now running to be the head of Meretz, when she announced that she is going to be a candidate, she did it in, she did it in Yair Lapid's house. Uh, Benny Gantz, who saw himself as a candidate to the prime minister, said in an interview last week that he is not going to interrupt Lapid um, in what he does and in his way to be a prime minister. Um, in the right-wing camp, 
it's the opposite. I mean, people are sometimes speaking, I mean, there is the question, who is going to lead the right-wing camp? Is there a possibility to replace Netanyahu with someone else from the Likud that might be better for the right-wing camp? So there are still the discussions uh, inside the camp and uh, by some of the players about who is going to lead the camp. And as I say, these are the things that making the left-wing camp right now be more prepared. And the last thing I want to add to this is the field work. The left-wing camp with the leading of Yair Lapid and Yer Shatid is doing a phenomenal work in getting supporters. Just today I saw uh, in Telegram photos of a conference of Yer Shatid. The conference, I mean, the room was full, full with people and it was so packed that they had to open two other rooms to, to have to somehow, I don't know, put all the people in the rooms because there were no place for them. So the right-wing camp is busy in the inner battles, how to gain, how each Knesset member or each candidate wants to empower himself while the left-wing camp is getting together around one leader and is busy in the fieldwork in how to get to more people. And this is how I move on to the next point, which is the surveys. And I think a very good example of how it affects political um, players is again, Tzirnu Datit, a, a party of Bezal Smotrich, which Itamar Ben-Gvir uh, was his partner. Itamar Ben-Gvir for a long time um, um, was outside the political game. And since he got into it, he became very popular in the Israeli public. In a survey in Channel 13 about three weeks ago, um, the, the poll company results were that if Itamar Ben-Gvir stands uh, as the head of Tzirnu Datit, they will gain 13 mandats. And if Bezal Smotrich will stand in the head of the party, he will gain 10 mandats, three mandats less. This thing, these three chairs, three places, got Itamar ben according to some of the political anchors, um, to feel that he can somehow gain more power uh, when it comes to the negotiation with Bezal Smotrich. So this kind of small party that used to be smaller in the past but now got bigger is now going through an inner storm not willing to agree about who uh, is picking the people which people will be in each place and they might be um, the parties that will in the end of the day it might be the party that in the end of the day will be the one that says who is the next prime minister because if it about Bernfield, because of those three votes three mandates he got more than Vital Smotrich will decide in the end that he is not running with him and that he goes alone he might not go through the threshold of the mandates he needs to be in the government or to be in the Knesset so this is how surveys can affect political players it's interesting to see, for example, in Yeshatid with Yair Lapid, that he still stands on the 22-21 mandates. 
And this is a number that he never got up then, I think the, he got the most 19 mandates since he's in politics. But you see that in the field work of Yeshatid, the party of Yair Lapid, he never, is not, he doesn't have this, uh, I don't know, smugness. He's not, a, he's not feeling like he already win those votes. And I think Yair Lapid, because he is now the prime minister and because he wants to keep this status and to remain in this job and in this position, is not giving up to the service. Um, even though, just to remind you, the last prime minister had only seven mandates. So if Yair Lapid has 22 mandates in the end of the day, in November 2nd, it can easily be the prime minister. 22 mandates are more than enough. 20 mandates are more than enough. All that he need is uh, Benny Gantz, um, Benny Gantz and Gidon which are running together, Meretz, the labor, and also he will need probably the joint list, which is also an interesting issue because the left, in order to form a government, need uh, the joint list and Ra'am or the Haredim. And this will be very interesting to see because, for example, in Gidon Saar and the uh, Gidon Saar and Benny Gantz, when they form together their joint list, they left out some of the people that in their mind and in their point of view will keep the Haredim away or might keep the Haredim away. I'll explain myself again. In Gidon Saar list, uh, there was the Yoaz um, Handel, which was the Minister of uh, Communication. And he fought the Haredim. He had some battles with them and the Haredim didn't like him. And when Gidon Saar joined uh, Benny Gantz, one of Benny Gantz's conditions, as the political uh, uh, journalist explains, Benny Gantz said that he doesn't want Yoaz Handel because if he will have Yoaz Handel in his list, he might close the door to the Haredim and he doesn't want to close this door because it's almost impossible to form a government without the Haredim. If you don't want the Haredim in your government, that you will, then you will have to lean on the joint list and Ra'am. Um, and this is uh, how things looks like now in Israeli politics. Also, another thing to see is that Benny Gantz and Gidon Saar in the surveys are not, th their position is not changing. The Likud the same, by the way. Everyone speaks about how the Likud is going to get 36, 38, 40 mandats. But in the surveys, if you look, they are still on the 34 mandats, which was also one month ago, two months ago, three months ago, the same place. The parties which are gaining more strength is the Tionudatit of Bezalel Smotrich. And basically, this is, according to some of the surveys, it might be the third party in, in its... Uh, in its size uh, in uh, November 2nd. So this is more or less the current right now. Um, I think I touched all the points I wanted to touch and I'll be happy to answer questions. Mm -hmm.
right. Thank you so much. So the first one is last week we heard Ashley talk about how Netanyahu was had fantastic pollsters who knew the issues of the people campaigning from a grocery store where people are being hit the hardest economically. Do you think the left wing is catching on to these issues with their uh, fieldwork or could it just be that the campaign is more organized to overcome the right? I think that the left wing, look, I strongly believe that it's very hard, it's very difficult to change people's mind. People that used to vote Likud, I don't see them vote to the labor or Benny Gantz. So the battle is about, as I see it, five mandates, which are the center right or the center left that they are trying to fight on their votes. Um, and to be honest, I think, I think that the left wing now has an advantage. They are the government and they can do things that the opposition, the Likud can't do. Uh, for example, Avigdor Lieberman in the beginning of the week declared that he is going to take off the tax um, of the gas price. So the gas price, which was a huge discussion a week ago because the price was extremely high, this week after a Victor Lieberman um, decision, it's much lower. So it's true that Netanyahu is great in field work and when he goes out to the streets, people love him. But in the end of the day, you need to remember that the left wing and Yair Lapid has a very, very strong base. And these kind of things like Lieberman did, they say in this our government, that's what we did, that's what we're going to do. And we will fight the, we will fight the expense of living uh, much better. So I don't know how much Netanyahu walking around the streets will be, you know, the breaking, uh, the breaking point, but he has a very, very tough battle ahead of him. Understood. Uh, so who else is being considered to lead the right? You said that there was some contention there. So basically there is no one, but, uh, but in some of the discussions, for example, in a, the Zionist wind of the new party of Ayelet Chaked and Yoaz Handel. So before Yoaz Handel said that he will never sit under Netanyahu, now his voice is a bit changing, but some of the people says that if, for example, Netanyahu will move, the left wing camp will, it will be easier for him to win the elections. So it's still something that people speak about. Um, it's not going to happen, but again, I'm going back to this party, the, the Zionist wind of El Chaked and Yoaz Endel. They are not saying that they will support Netanyahu. They're saying that they want a joint government of different parties, Zionist parties, and that they are not going to declare who is the candidate to be the prime minister of this government. Which again, in the left wing, there is no questions. Everyone knows that Yair Lapid, he's the leader of the left wing today in Israel. By the way, it's very interesting because if you, if you notice the labor, the party that built this country, it used to be called Mapai by Ben Gurion. Now it's the labor with Merav Michaeli. In the service, it has only six or seven mandates. So the party that built this country is now sometimes on, I mean, 
kissing the threshold of the mandates from from up. But again, today the the party that leads the left wing camp is Yeshatid with Yair Lapid. All right, and one last question for me before we move on to our audience questions. By the way, if you join late, please use the Q&A box to type any of your questions. Uh, so you did speak about the elections for Likud coming up next week. Do you see any game changers that might happen in the primary elections? Actually, I think the primary elections are very interesting um, because you see all the inner wars between the candidates. You know, in two weeks from now, they will all fight together for winning of the right wing camp. But right now, sometimes it's very interesting to see how they are chopping each other heads and trying to get a better place on the list. Um, I don't know how much to elaborate, but uh, for example, so the Likud has something like 200,000 people that are listed that can vote in the primaries. It's the biggest party in Israel um, with the biggest uh, people listed to, biggest number of people listed to. But for example, there are some candidates who are leaning on different lobbyists uh, that are that they have like a list. Someone is building a list and he forward the list to the entire groups that he is in them and they all vote for this list that someone wrote for them. So for example, in this list, which is a very important list because the one that built Chaim Katz, this is the name of one of the Knesset members in the Likud, which is, by the way, is a nemesis of Netanyahu. Netanyahu doesn't like it because Netanyahu prefer the free voters, as we call it, not the one that they are united, union under Chaim Katz, but he preferred the free voters. So you could see how Chaim Katz and David Bitan, uh, which are led by Israel Katz, um, are against Netanyahu people, um, Amir Ochana and the other people, or uh, Yoav Kish. I had a very interesting conversation last week. It's a nice story. Um, in the Likud, there is a place for a, a newcomer, um, Israeli, someone from um, Russia, someone from Ethiopia. Um, this is the place that is saved for these people. Like there is a place for women and a place for a newcomer. And there are two Ethiopian people. Both of them were Knesset members before, Gadi and Avram. Avram Nogosa and Gadi Yavarkan. And what happened is that Chaim Katz people, they support Avram Nogosa. So somehow they fixed it that Gadi Yavarkan won't run on the place of the newcomer. He will have to somehow gain a place in the Likud list, uh, international list, which is very, very, very hard to get in, I think. He has a very slight chance to get in the list this time. And they did it just so their candidate, Avram Nogosa, will have more chance to win the place of the newcomer. 
And it's, it's, it's crazy. This uh, weekend, Nir Barkat was interviewed to a newspaper in Israel speaking about how people in the Likud are trying to hurt him. When he said that, he meant Eli Cohen. Um, anyway, many stories. I found it very interesting politically. Uh, I recommend to follow the primaries in the Likud. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, Myra Bola asks, does the U.S. have any influence on the Likud? I know uh, Trump and Netanyahu used to be pretty tight. And be honest, I don't know. I don't know. All right, sounds good. Uh, Karen Piss asks, why isn't anyone talking about Netanyahu's court case during these elections? Um... I don't know, I think in Israel people do speak about it. And also, I mean, um, it's, it's an ongoing event. Uh, it's an ongoing event. And I don't think people don't speak about it. I mean, everyone speaks about it in a different way or another. Right now, there is a, um, a period in the courts, um, institutions which are not working. So maybe this is the reason. But I think it's still something people speak about. Interesting. And has it, that been affecting his, his likability in the polls at all, or does it not? Doesn't to... no. Oh, thank you. Uh, Stephen Orlo asked, how would Lieberman, who would only sit with Lapid or Gantz, possibly join with the Haredim? Um, I think that in the end of the day, no matter where you're coming from, right wing, left wing, um, you find your flexibility to sit with whomever will get you in the government. And I think I'm, I'm saying it about uh, some of the Haredim as well. Um, every politicians, in the end of the day, people are getting, people are finding out they're very flexible. I think Mansour Abbas is a good example for how flexible a person can be in Aftali Bennett. Along those lines, do you see any unlikely alliances coming out? Unlikely alliances? No, I think that the different connections that might happen already took place. Um, the only one that we're waiting for is the one in Tsirnu Datit and Bezalel Smotrich. And by the way, I spoke about the primaries in the Likud, but the primaries in Tsirnu Datit is also very interesting. The battles there are fascinating, how they are killing each other and how they are leaking the news about each other only to get a specific person in place number seven. It's fascinating. Certainly sounds fascinating. Uh, so Jack Glossman asked- By the way, also in merits, you should see the battle between Yair Golan and Zeava Galon. It's not an easy battle at all. Zava Galon was the head of merits, I remind you. Years ago, she decided that she's living the political life. Um, and now she's running against Yair Golan, which was deputy of the chief of staff. And it's very interesting to see how Golan sometimes has different messages, which are, I don't know how to call it, like they're trying to He's very, very left-wing, but sometimes it seems like he's angry at his camp for dealing with things that he believes are not so 
um, critical. For example, the climate crisis. Um, it tweeted about how Israel doesn't have such an impact about the climate crisis and how they're dealing with something which doesn't have such an impact on Israel. So it's interesting also the primaries, not primaries, but the, the fight on the heads of who will be the head of merits are being handled. Thank you. Jack Wasserman asks, is Netanyahu still the people's favorite? Um, by the service, yes. If you look at the polls, so yes. Thank you. And Barack Korkmaz asks, if the current balance will prevail, what is going to change? Will there be another election year? Uh, maybe, yes. I think it was Gantz that was asked, asked about it, if there is a possibility to have a six elections, and he didn't reject it. He didn't reject it. I, I don't, I don't know. I think that, um, I, I, I think that the left wing, um, has a good chance because I think there is a possibility for them to sit with Ra'am in some of the, maybe they will not have Balad inside, but the, the other two parties in the joint list are, will be fine with them. And I, I don't think, I don't know, I don't think there will be six elections. Understood. And Larry Greenberg, Burgas, Ayelet Shaken, which party is she with? She has a party called the Zionist Wind, a Zionit, with Yoaz Handel, which was the communication communication minister. Uh, right now in the polls, they are not going through the threshold. And they also have Tzvi Hauser with them, which going with Yoaz Handel for a long time. Um, there are some there are some names that they are speaking about that will join their party. Uh, there is Abir Kara and Matan Kahana that used to be um, with Shaked in Yamina. Matan Kahana was the minister of religious, uh, and his condition is that he is not willing to sit under Netanyahu no matter what. And Ayala Shaked doesn't mind to sit with Netanyahu. So this is what they, they are debating right now, and I don't know what he will do, but. Basically, she has a party with you as Thank you. Larry Greenberg also asks, if Netanyahu cannot form a government, is he finished? Uh, I think, um, I don't know, to be honest, I didn't think, to, I was mistaken about how the right wing will handle this current government. So I don't want to make any guess that I might be wrong about him again, but I don't know. Understood. And moving slightly away from this, Alvin Corez asks, asks uh, MEMRI memory suggests that the Gulf states are not ready to form an alliance against Iran. Do you think Gantz is ready to be proactive versus Hezbollah and Hamas while Israel is still in a position of I'm not sure I understood the question. The Gulf countries, if they are willing to support Israel, if Israel will do something? I think the question is that the Gulf states are not ready to form an alliance against Iran with Israel. Uh, but do you think that Gantz is ready to be proactive against Hezbollah and Hamas? Gantz? Mm -hmm. 
I'm, to be honest about guns, um, I think not only guns, but I think that almost every Israeli leader right now, his main policy when it comes to wars or, um, or anything that comes to, I don't know, an conflict with an hostile organization or government, they're trying to avoid it. And, um, you know, I'm an IVP and we speak about victory. And I think that unfortunately, none of our leaders today has um, the victory, I mean, the victory, not knowledge, but the motivation to, to gain victory. So I don't see it. I mean, if they didn't do it with Hamas, why will they do it against Hezbollah? Are there any any at all champions in Israeli politics that are looking towards Israel victory? I think that there is a new generation, um, a new generation that does believe in it. And I think uh, if I might speak about what we do here is that you can even say it in the way current uh, leaders, not in politics, but outside of politics, are speaking about it. And one of the good examples is the current IDF chief of staff, Aviv Kohavi, which one of the first thing that he did going into his new job is building a program called NUFA speaks about victory. I mean, I heard the story about IDF chief of staff um, that when he left the job, um, he handed the book to his high-ranked officers. The book is a, Who Moved My Cheese? I don't know what's the name in English. It's the same name. So this is the book that he gave to the high-ranked officers in the IDF when he left the office. This is crazy. Nothing about victory, nothing about wars, about how to handle an army, how to handle a war, how to think about it. This is, this is their professional. It's like being a doctor. It's like being a pianist. And this is what he gives them. And from what I understand, Aviv Kohavi is different. He, he's minded to victory, speaks about it. He believes in it. And I think he's an example from, for someone, like a new generation that does believe in it. And he might be special, I won't lie. I think that we have a problem in the security establishment in Israel. He might be a unique person, but I think he's strong enough and he has a lot of impact maybe to affect other high-ranked officers. Hopefully he does, and I'm sure you will continue working with him closely on that. Uh, so we have come to the close of our webinar and podcast. Neva, thank you for taking time to update us this week. Thank you for having me. Of course. For our viewers and listeners, please join us Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern for a webinar with Jason Greenblatt explaining Trump's Middle East venture. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful day.